On this week's episode of the Superhero Hour Hour, will Arrow return for its final season? Will Jason Todd live or die again? What movie or genre will Riverdale choose to cover up on this season? Find out on this week's episode of the Superhero Hour Hour. Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. I am your host for the evening. My name is Taylor. With me, as always, is Ryan. God damn it, Taylor. What? I, I told you my new nickname. What's your new nickname? I said I, I, I don't want to be known as that R-word stupid shit anymore. Yeah, well, we don't say the R-word on this podcast. Uh-huh. So, just say it. Just... Start the thing over. Don't do the whole hello nerds thing. But like, please, All right. please call me. But why? What I've been decided to be called. With me as always is this guy. You think that they- so tool? Listen, I don't listen to a thing that you say. It was in a memo. Do you not read memos? I can't read. I've told you this many times. I am incapable of reading. Also, with me is Mike. Hi, it's it's Aso Tool. He wants to be called Aso Tool. That's his new name. Aso Tool. Yeah. Is that wrong? Wait, wait. Who is that? Hold on. That's. It's certainly dumb. <laughs> is that a, a person from our past that changed his name? <laughs> Shut up. It might be. <laughs> so uh, There's no way he listens. He well, had a completely normal human name, and then he lawfully changed it to Ace O'Toole. Okay. So <laughs> such a good, okay. We're not going to say his real name, but right. when you go to change your name. I had a real thing to talk about, but we need to get to the bottom of this. Should you not jump all the way from your uh, real name to names that would be in the movie Face Off? Is there some <laughs> middle ground that you should find? No. If, yes. Listen. Ace I'm, O'Toole. No, I, I am actually on board with this. If you are going to legally change your name, change it to the weird. Like, there's a guy who's like a semi-famous YouTuber guy. who his, Like, his name was Jeff and he had a different last name and he went down the courthouse to change his last name to his stepfather's name and he's they're like while you're here you can change your middle name for free if you're also doing the last name <laughs> i like these people who are like upselling so so awesome so he changed his middle name to laser with a z because why the fuck not just do I, it i grew up with a forest and he did get made fun of a lot and then uh he moved away and if I know, he changed his name to chipper like if you're gonna change your name because you're getting bullied bud I probably don't do the stupidest 50s name ever. I, I legit had a kid in my high school whose name was Forrest Bump. <laughs> no, come on, dude. That was his name. Stop being that guy. That was his name. And I think about it all the time. And I wonder, what is he up to right now? <laughs> like, is is he meeting John F. Kennedy? <laughs> what? John but, B. Benedy? But as much as we like to have fun and not talk about serious things in and, this segment... Uh, but, but before we go, I'm so sorry. The, the reason that that the ASO tool name bothers me is because it like it rang a bell from my past, and that was a weapon I used in youth soccer. I used my ASO tool, and that's how I won all of the soccer games. That was great. That that was worth it. <laughs> I that interrupted was, you for that. That was, that was worth that was worth <laughs> interrupting the thing I was going to talk about. Cool. All right. Great. I feel very good about that. Thank you very much. Uh, so we, as I mentioned at the very top of the show. We talk about every show that is live action based on a comic book or comic book property. Mm-hmm. But there is a show that has come out recently that we are not bidden to talk about. <laughs> We're not urban. But I have had several people come up to me and they're like, are you guys going to watch Nancy Drew and talk about it's it? It's a book. It's a it's, stupid fucking book with a, words. It's, it's a, a goddamn book. novel. And no is, pictures. And that is what I've told everyone. I was like, of course we're fucking not. We want half the shows that we do cover to be canceled. But I did watch... The first episode of Nancy Drew, and it was it was good enough that I was like, I'll watch a second episode. So I watched the second episode before I came here, and I had to stop halfway through. And I'm gonna be honest, I'm pissed off to be here because I'm not watching Nancy Drew right now. Why? What? Why? Here's the thing: it's it's as much the the very real answer is it is even more Twin Peaksy than the first season of Riverdale. Like it, Nothing's more Twin Peaksy than the first season of Riverdale. What if I told you that the opening of this show is a prom queen in her prom dress falling off a cliff into the waves? 
in this sleepy town. And also, ghosts might be real. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Might be real. It, it, it is every bit like it. The less extreme teen drama bits of uh, Riverdale, like it is closer to Veronica Mars than full Betty Mars than than full Betty Mars. But I am really enjoying it so far. It makes very clear within the first, like the second scene, they're like Nancy Drew fucks. <laughs> they they want to get that out of the way immediately. Like it our, was always subtext in the books, but they wanted to just put it right out. There. Yeah, it, it's like the first scene that you see her in in present day is her riding a dude. Really, and then she hops off, puts on her shoes, and goes to work. And that is Nancy Drew. I think it's very hard for that, and it's Emma Roberts. Is that not true? I don't. No, think. that's from the movie years ago. <laughs> yeah, oh, that right, is right, not right, true. Right. Okay. So <laughs> Emma Roberts is back. With her dad, Eric Roberts. And uh, I think it's very hard to do that show now where Riverdale is doing Riverdale so perfectly. Oh, yeah. And I was not able to say that last episode of the Superhero Hour Hour. But right. if we talk about Riverdale today, I don't, and it then happens. also Veronica Mars had a new season, I, I would think that. And also Sabrina is like sort of figuring out how to like do the Riverdale, yeah. not Riverdale thing for Nancy Drew to find her place in this world. Yeah, I, I think the thing that they're doing is they are doing they are focusing on the investigation aspect that was fun in season one of Riverdale, and also sort of leaning into the occult stuff that like Sabrina has leaned into. Like, I'm pretty sure that this show is leading up to like ghosts are real and haunting Nancy Drew. But anyway, is it the same creators or anything? Um, I think it's from the same general creators as uh, like the, like the same production team. I, I don't think uh, what's his face. Sakasa, who wrote like Sabrina and all that, is in on it. But yeah, the other production team—it's the same crew. It looks very Riverdale. Yeah, that was—I was gonna ask. Like, does do you think does it feel more like that? CW wants a new Riverdale or wants a new Veronica Mars? If you had to pick, I think that they want. I think that they're happy with what Riverdale is. I think that they want a new Veronica Mars. It seems it seems much more grounded, but still very like everyone has mysteries. I mean, imagine like holding on to Veronica Mars for as long as they did fifteen years ago, and then they're coming back and like, oh, Hulu, Hulu's gonna do it. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll just sit back here then. All right. Well, that is all the time we have to talk about Nancy Drew. We're going to be talking about the main event for the evening, which is the series, not finale premiere season, season finale series premiere yeah it, it is the it is the season premiere of the series finale season of arrow but before we get to that the super serious shishi bullpen now we're here in the super serious shishi bullpen this is part of the show where we kick back and have some fun with some saggies i'm not going to explain what that means anymore you want to find out go listen to literally any other of the last year of these that we have done. It's just going to be us not having fun. Like, that's a bad example. This is always the least fun I've ever had. It's always the most fun that I've ever had. What are you talking about? We're a wacky pair. It's It's so much structure. All right. This week, we are doing a little thing called The First Things That We Are Watching on Disney+. And we're going to go around the room, and it's going to be a draft. If someone mentions a thing... Oh shit! No one else can watch shit. it. No one else can watch no those things. Can watch you it. you can't watch it ever on Disney Plus. <laughs> so your Disney Plus will delete that from your thing if it's picked before. Yeah, you you will not physically be able to watch Disney this thing on Disney Plus if someone else picks it before you. Real quick, and I know we have time. Uh, I, I'm just going to talk to Mike real quick, Taylor. If you can take off yes. your headphones. Yep. Thank you. Um, before the show, Mike, uh, Taylor was like, uh, you know what? It's going to be a new subscription. Mark Duplus. <laughs> And it's just a subscription to Mark Duplass movies. I'm a, How much would you pay for that, Mike? Uh, probably three ninety nine a month. I, I'm a big Fine. fan of Mark Duplass. Okay, listen, I'm Taylor. A, I didn't know you were listening. I was listening. I'm upset that you brought my action, my very real off air bit on on air, and also I'm upset because Mike said he would pay three ninety nine. My price that I gave was forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, but like your price, for seventeen movies. <laughs> your price. Ever? Taylor's price is going to go down because now you have a second subscriber. So now you guys are going to co-pay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm sorry. I'll, I'm going first? Yes, you're going first, Ryan. What, what, are, what is the first thing you are watching on Disney Plus? Guys, I love, I do love Disney movies, the vast majority. And I do love um, Fox stuff that I think will be on there. And uh, Pixar is my jam. Pixar is in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Pixar. But The Simpsons is going to be on Disney Plus. The Simpsons. This is not a bit. 
I didn't know that. I am going to basically use it to watch The Simpsons all day, every day for the rest of my life. That honestly, because I well, well I can't now because you've already picked it. It's so, gone. It's gone. Yeah, and, and and this is a bummer. I think for you because I was gonna get a Disney Plus subscription and I've never seen The Simpsons and you keep asking me to watch it and this was gonna be the way. But I guess now there's simply no way for me to watch this show. I think the world is a better world if I watch it for the fortieth time instead of you watching it for the first. That's probably true. I shouldn't have that power. This is the clear number one, right? This is obvious. Uh, well, I think there's a much more obvious pick. But. Disney Plus is trying to make it seem like, hey, guys, what you don't know about? We have Nat Geo. And they're really pimping the Nat Geo stuff. Oh, yeah. But I think it's The Simpsons. The Simpsons. That's yes, very- that is the, that's how they say the name yeah, of the show, yes. That is a very good first pick. Mike, what is your first pick? I think the actual clear number one, why everybody's going to be paying for this, is a show they haven't seen a thousand times. Uh... Nerds are going to nerd out. It's the Mandalorian fucking Lorian. It looks dope. Jon Favreau's crushing it these days. It's new stuff into Star Wars. It's the Mandalorian. Oh, man. Star Wars like used to be so cool, but now it feels like basic and vanilla. What should we do? Oh, go get Jon Favreau. He'll fucking make it. You love cool. him. <laughs> don't, don't fucking do this. You fucking love him as a director. Idiot. Whatever. Is it going to be like uh, Boba Fett just hanging out, like making some steak tacos? or? It's yep. going to be all like, uh, hey, guys, welcome to the show. We have a lot of things to talk about with Trump. Uh, here today is... Uh, Tommy and oh, I get it because there's a different John Favreau. There's a different John Favreau. A, that's the bit that I'm doing. Okay, okay, cool. All right, well, I'm gonna cut that off, so I'm going to give my first thing that I'm going to watch, and I, I'm upset that you guys let this one slip right through. It's obviously life size two, you guys. Tyra Banks is back. That is the Taylor pick. Life Size yes. 2, Tyra Banks, if you don't know, uh, it is based on the idea that there is a doll that this uh, company sells, and Tyra Banks is that doll, but she comes to life as a full-size version and helps the grown-up women get uh, a little something more out of their life and recapture their lost youth. The Taylor, original had Lindsay Lohan. This one does not. Would you say that, because we're, we're different ages, would you say that Hocus Pocus is to my generation as Life Size 1 is to yours, which, uh, it, like... Made no money in the box office. Nobody saw it. But yet, every single person has seen this movie. I think so, yeah. So many people have seen Life Size, a very stupid film. And this one is no different. I've already seen it, but I'll watch it again. Is Lindsay Lohan in the Tyra Banks role? Uh, No, it's Tyra Banks is back. Lindsay Lohan does not appear, except for they show one photo of her from the original movie. (laughs) Just that they're like, remember? They show a photo before she was Disney+. Plus. yeah. Before she is no longer allowed in the United States. Before she was stealing kids from people yeah. to like save yeah. them. Yeah, but before that's what Life Size Three is about. Yeah, now she, she pretends to be a doll to steal children. Now she's running a gay party island on Mykonos or something. Like I, I, Lindsay Lohan, explain to me your life, please. Come Ryan, on the show. Yeah, Ryan, what is your second pick? That you don't want to go again. Well, should I go again? You should go again. All right, well, then I'm going to pick Moon Knight. It's not out yet, but I'm going to save it. I will only watch four things on this channel before I get to watch Moon Knight. I don't care when it comes out. Like five years from now. I'm sorry. I thought it was like, so you you will forego watching other things on here to save up to watch Moon Knight in five years. Like, I know that Moon Knight is coming out in like 2030, but I will only watch four things on Disney Plus so I can save that last slot for Moon Knight. That's how much I am excited for Moon Knight. I understand Mike's incredulousness, but what could have happened in this draft, Mike, is that one of us drafted Moon Knight. Yes. And Taylor subscribed for four (laughs) years to not be able to watch Moon Knight. Yeah, so that's, uh, I had to get that out of the way real fast. I was worried that one of you was going to hurt me. Uh, So now it's time for Mike to do a pick. Look, there's a lot of things I want to watch coming out in Disney+, Plus, but perusing the list of their first year of uh, offerings, I have to fucking know what the biscuit eater is all about. What's a a movie from the 50s called The Biscuit Eater, and I'm going to watch it the first time I get the flu while having the Disney Plus. So I saw this on the list, and so I looked it up because it's called the goddamn Biscuit Eater, and <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to know if it was either a compliment or an insult because it works either it way. Really does and uh, it's a dog, and I guess that makes sense. It's a dog eating biscuits, but because it's a Disney movie that's old, that dog's gonna fucking die, bro. You're gonna watch Biscuit oh, yeah. Eater swallow a bullet. <laughs> Jesus the metal Christ. biscuit. The bullet eater. Saw in the end. The bullet eater. <laughs> Oh, that's dark. That makes me very upset. That is a very good pick because I want to know what the fuck the biscuit eater is. Uh, <laughs> it's the Babadook of our generation. Yeah. Ryan, 
What's your What's your pick, buddy? Uh, I can't what's believe I got I get this at the end of the second round. But uh, there's a movie that I have not seen that really disconnects me from my generation and all generations after me, and to a certain extent, but maybe for different reasons, all generations before me. Guys, I have a goofy movie. Oh, and appa- nice. Yes. And apparently, this Choice. is a big deal. Uh, again, another thing that like made the weasel <laughs> made Polly Shore a star. Uh, 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 like barely made any money in the theaters, but then once it hit video, literally every person on the planet watched it a hundred times. Saw it so many times. Bought That's seventeen copies. It's watched how, them all it, seventeen times each. It's how I learned to fly fish. <laughs> it's learned how it just I, does the dance. It's how I learned to drive. The best way to fly fish is tie one to a kite, right? Uh, what's your next pick? You was, get two. Was Goof Troop that big of a show that like it yeah. made the movie huge? I mean, I, I liked Goof Troop at the time. I was like, yeah, this is it's goofy, and he has a son. Uh-huh. And what? the son's not talking about how his dad has severe mental disabilities. <laughs> yeah. All right, my next one is I spent a lot of the late 90s, early 2000s working in a video store. And that it really does tell you a lot about people. One of the movies that we could not keep on the shelf, and like Life Size was one, Hocus Pocus was one, Disney Channel movies are a big deal. One that was impossible to keep on is Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. And guys, it's time for me to watch it and write the Broadway musical based on it. I've never seen it, but I'm going to do that. I I believe that you will. This was a great movie because it had... Great? It's a great movie. It had such classic bits as, uh, you set this to 200 Celsius? We're on Earth. We use Fahrenheit. Classic that bits. hilarious. Classic bits, you guys. Guys, the three of us have never hosted, but have all appeared on a show, a pop filter show called Movie of the Year. Do you guys think that we and the world are ready to disregard the year portion and instead make a bracket of Disney Channel movies to duke oh, it out and fight for who is that, the most important? Let's do Zetus Lapidus. Let's do this thing. Did you just I love it. cast a spell on us? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, but, from Hocus Pocus. But no, oh, Mike, do not lead him astray. Ryan, I'm very excited for you to see where this comes from when you watch Xenon, oh, Girl of the 21st Century. <laughs> uh, Mike, it is now yes. time for your final pick. That was your last pick, by the way. Good. We're only oh, watching. Shit. We're only watching three things. It turns out because uh, segment times. So okay, so I should save my hilarious bit of I've never known what the Apple Dumpling Gang is. So I'm going to finally find out. It's uh, it's X Men the Animated Series. Yeah, of course. Fucking X-Men the Animated Series. It, it, it imprinted on me. It got me into comic books because I had three channels as a kid and I was sitting an inch away from the television and stumbled upon this when I was like five and freaked out. It got me into soap operas. It taught me how to be in the world. It's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's the way to lot. be in the world is to fall in love with everybody you meet and hate Cyclops, right? Yeah. Yep. Fuck Cyclops. Oh, wait. I'm Cyclops. Fuck. Hashtag, uh, you know what? I'm sorry that I said F Cyclops. I am trying not to curse on Come this on, episode. Come on, dude. Work on your you thing. You know what? I'm, I'm going to not curse on this entire episode. I'm, Watch I'm your it fucking now. mouth. You, you have, have an you October, October resolution. Uh, Mike, have you read October ob- os- resolution? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't worth it. I'm sorry. Just because I, I can't talk. That was. That you can't. Have you seen every episode? I think so. I, I have no idea. It's so crazy because I, when it came out, I was such a diehard fan. Like It was right in my wheelhouse. But it was at the age where, like, six months later, I was like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. And then I just plus, left. if you miss one, you are fucked. Yeah. You have no idea what's happening It's now. the only cartoon that you can say that about, except for Designing Women, the animated series. Designing Women. Okay. Uh, now, I'm going to get... Did you want me to follow up on my own bit? What do you want me to do, the setup and the put down? A little bit, maybe. Jesus. I don't know. You're a designing woman. All right. Now it is time for me to get my final pick, and I'm going to pick... The absolute best thing that is on this entire streaming service. Saved for the last pick. Saved for the last pick. You guys are fools for not picking it. It is, of course, Brink. The Disney Channel original movie about rollerbladers and how fucking awesome dudes who rollerblade are. It is kick-ass. It's all about friendship, loyalty, betrayal, the little guy versus the corporate bigwigs. It's got all of it. Dog washing. The whole kitten caboodle. You yeah, s- everything related to rollerblading. You said it has everything, and I was about to say, like, not dog washing, and then boom, right away. Dog washing. Dog washing. Uh, soaps and suds. Paul, Paul washers. Paul washer. <laughs> Paul washers. Died in a car crash. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, can, I get, can I get two honorable mentions real quick? Sure. Um, We're already over time. Who cares? It, it, it's I'm Steven being real, Stevens. I'm being real easy. 
and uh, Cadet Kelly. Because, guys, yes. I had a thing for Christy Carlson Romano back and in the day. Did. Every lesbian also did. <laughs> uh, I, like, I ignore the Shia LaBeouf parts of Even Stevens, but God, at Ren, yeah, my second Ren. favorite TV, Ren. We went to the moon in 1969. We went to, to the, the moon, moon in 1969. That's the only reason no. that I remember what year we went to the moon. The best, the, the best line is the next line. Not 1970, <laughs> but a year earlier. <laughs> That's math, baby. Uh, uh, she is my Ren. Shia LaBeouf is my Stimpy. All right. Well, that was worth it, I guess. Uh, that is all the time we have for Disney+. Plus. We look forward to all getting our individual subscriptions and only watching these things and nothing else. Oh, we're all going to individually pay for it, right? And not share yes. passwords? Yes, we're, we're all going to pay $49.99, which is what I assume Mark Duplass t- costs. Now we're going to move on to our main event, which is talking about the season premiere of the series finale season of uh-huh. Arrow. Nailed it. the first episode of the last season of Arrow, Ollie is in his own flashback. Or is he Groundhog Daying? No! He's in Earth 2, an entirely different universe than his own. And you can tell because everything is 10% off. Oliver returns from Lian Yu, finds out that his mom is married to Merlin, that Thea overdosed on a drug called Show's Done For Me, and Tommy is so beside himself with guilt about Thea's death, he's going to murder thousands of people. Luckily, Oliver has Earth 2 Dinah and his own Diggle to help him figure everything out. Stop Tommy and get the fuck out of Dodge before the whole universe blows up. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Do we feel like we're entering a perfect Arrow send-off or a 10-episode commercial for the upcoming crisis on Infinite Earths? All one and the same. I, I, th- I was so excited that this whole season of Arrow isn't going to give us a different bad guy who's very good at Arrows unless it also sends us into the crisis. I do like that catchphrase, though. I'm very good at arrows. <laughs> it's, well, that's, I remember in like season three, they're like, who could this be? And he's like, well, there's 17 other archers who are good as me on this earth. So, And that's what this world is like. Yeah, th- this episode in particular drew into sharp relief. Because I feel like they've been sort of better at hiding the fact that all of his enemies are good with arrows. This episode had four different dudes who were just good with arrows all fighting each other. <laughs> And that was the episode. Yeah, it's a it's getting to be a flashy situation. But yeah. I can see how uh, like the Arrow showrunners were like, uh, somebody CW John CW said like, "Hey, we'll give you ten more episodes. You just have to do Crisis. You have to lead up to that." And they were like, "Fuck that, that sucks." And then they were like, "Oh no, but you can spend all ten episodes just going back to your past and thinking about mm-hmm. all the stuff you've done." They were like, "That's what we do anyway. Sweet, <laughs> that, yes. great, high no, fives. We just it, stopped doing flashbacks." Are, are you guys excited or stoked if every episode leading up to Crisis is him, Groundhog Dang, in a different Earth, now, figuring Taylor, out what's a little different? Taylor, our options are excited or stoked. And <laughs> can you tell the difference between those two words? You know, I actually can, Ryan, and I'm glad that you threw to me for this. In this instance, I am actually in, excited, but I am certainly not stoked. To say that you're stoked would be a bridge too far. Yeah, that would be a bridge to Terabithia too far over the River Kwai. And... <laughs> Frankly, I will not travel. I and look, do not have a visa. Sure, I didn't do all the research to look up all the movies that have the word bridge in it. So yeah, you'll win this one, Taylor. Bridge Point over troubled water. Bridge of spies. Do you want me to keep naming them? Yes. Bridget Jones Diary. <laughs> well, you got the last one, so now we're done. Uh, I think, to answer your actual question, Mike, I, Thank you. I do not think that I am super psyched for them to just keep going to different Earths, I kind of want there to be an overarching thing because this is the end of Arrow. I want it to... It's the end of an era. But I do want them to sort of reckon with that and give Ollie like a good send-off because uh, we all know like he's dying at Crisis. He is dying and like he is the, in some sort of way, the creator of the entire CW channel. Like we have nothing without him. And I think that this episode is interesting because... Uh, Taylor, you drop in and watch Arrow whenever you're forced to at gunpoint. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to watch every one since like the third or fourth season. And Mike, you've seen every one. And so I guess I'm going to go to you. I'm in the middle ground between you two. Uh, Mike, this was all about the pilot. Right. So like, did it hit hard because you're the guy who's watched every one? 
it when he was like where's walter i was also like where's walter and i'm sure you guys have no idea who the fuck walter is but he was a big deal in that first season he's the guy that dresses red and white stripes and glasses and has a cane and walks around even though he's that bold nobody can ever find him uh, and seeing moira again was huge like yeah it, the, the way it hit ollie worked for me but unfortunately they've brought tommy back a few too many times yeah like there's so many things like adrian chase is too new of a character so it's like if you're gonna go to the pilot fucking go to the pilot and mess around a little more than this did see adrian chase for me was great because i jumped in like season four or five right when adrian chase was around so you're like oh this is from the pilot of when i started watching yeah i mean my favorite season of arrow that i saw when i was like that was the season where i watched pretty much every episode was the adrian chase like main villain season and i thought it was great so that part was good for me and i also the first episode that i ever watched of arrow was the hundredth episode where they (laughs) where they did where they did this flashback so i was like oh i get several of these things the hundredth episode when they were all in tuxedos like giving each other awards um i always get the actor who plays adrian chase confused with the actor who plays overkill on the tick yeah and this was so much more confusing than it's ever been because he just like reverted to that character yeah he he's a little dumber than he used to be right he took some notes yeah yeah because i mean adrian chase on our earth's season he was like uh like a super villain who's like the thinking man super villain Mm. this guy was just like Oh, we gotta do some stuff. Doorknob, what is? Kick now? And like they tried to do the thing where like, oh, he's also the tech guy, so he can zoom in, but he's he's just like, uh, algorithm. <laughs> Me bang computer. Rah, rah, rah. Like like every nothing you he said you took seriously. And, and in the meantime, he is the arrow of that earth. Yeah. So like, <laughs> he's the hero. Ali is seeing how the world views him. And he's like, oh, no. So now it's all my nightmares as well. Cool. Thanks, Arrow. Uh, how did you guys feel about the uh, the end of the episode when everyone got, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark? Yeah. I mean, like, that's endgame just setting up a thing now, right? That we can all copy? Mm-hmm. Apparently. Apparently, if you're the established competition, you just get to do the exact same bullshit. Distinguished competition. Distinguished. Uh, like, the initials have to be DC. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I I love EC comics. <laughs> Those are the horror comics. But yes. I I do like how it is extinguished because a fire came and evaporated all of them. They were extinguished. But yeah, I honestly I kind of felt a little something when his mom got evaporated. Right. Yeah. Like that that sucks. But here's the important thing. Like because I started watching late, and because Ollie's mom means more to Mike than me. Um, I don't like I don't really care. But I have Stephen Amell's face. Yeah. And so what they're doing is they're showing how like how he reacts to watching all this and him saying, no, it's better to save the world and martyr myself than it is to like hug my mom one more time. And I think that's how this season's going to be awesome is it really is going to be like a retrospective that is well done, I think. And, and, and I agree with you there. And I also think for the first time in years, they've had the Diggle and Ollie. We're brothers. What does that mean? You push me away thing. But they're dealing with death in a very interesting way where the person who knows they're going to die is like, I'm going to die and I'm fine with that. And the person who's not going to die cannot handle it. Right. All that worked really well for me. The other thing too, is that what, what it has is uh, in the pilot, they bring Diggle and say like, you have to guard Ollie and uh, Ollie like throws a tantrum on the floor. And then in this one, Diggle's there and he's like, okay, cool. And then like, Tommy's like, wait, you're just cool with that. And Ollie's like, Oh no, wait, this is terrible. I hate this. And like, it really does show exactly how much the character has art over the Mm -hmm. 10 seasons and in 10 seasons, you should be able to arc a lot, but most shows don't. I really do think that Oliver Queen has changed more than the vast majority of TV characters. I I also think that, uh, the, the way that they got, they got rid of all of earth too. It's Oliver, all of, all of earth too. Uh, sort of gave Ollie an out of a thing that I kind of wish that they would address, which is, like, he is on this, uh, I'm dying, who cares? I'm just going to go do what I need to do. But he's also in Earth 2 doing a last hurrah through his own memories. Right. But when he leaves, he's going to devastate all of these people, and he doesn't really care because they're not, like, his actual family, and they're not his. But like, if if that's they confusing, di- if they didn't get evaporated, like when he just says to his mom, "I'll see you at home," and then he's not there, and he never shows up mm-hmm. ever again, his mother is going to be fucking ruined even more than if he never came back from the island. The whole like, oh for sure, because now she had hope. She he was gone in this world for twelve years, showed up for two days, and leaves again. Yeah, 
Like, so I, I think that while that was a very affecting scene to see her get evaporated, it also gives the writers an out from having to deal with the re- repercussions of that action. But more so with Tommy, less so with the mom, but still with the mom. Ollie has seen them die dozens of times. So oh, like, yeah. he, he is a little scarred Here at this point. Here we go again. <laughs> like, I'm used to this. But no, it, it. it does deal with, maybe not perfectly, but it does deal with the fact that, like, this, you guys aren't real. But you guys fully believe that you're real. And you are real if I was born on this earth. That's a lot to handle. Yeah, that that is a a tough line to walk, and I'll be interested to see if they if they deal more in the coming episodes with like the the reality and the like the personhood of these people on other Earths, or if they're just going to be like, yeah, but the Earth One people are the ones who really matter. And does he half-ass his actions when he's on other Earths? Right. Like my Earth is the one that matters. So right now I'll be like, eh, I'll shoot an arrow whenever I don't care. Yeah, like this one, they have the conversation where they're like. You you probably shouldn't get too involved with this, right? And he's like, eh, all right. As a full-time Arrow watcher and a random Arrow watcher, what did you guys think about where Stephen Amell gets to give his speech? And then Tommy, and it's it's a typical Ollie speech. And Tommy's like, that was a fucking good-ass speech, bro. I'm not going to do any of the evil shit I planned at all. Does that work? It only because, like, you can see that's how, in Ollie's head, that's how everybody should react every time he gives a speech. But everybody's heard, th- like, he's not the smartest guy, so he does give the same version of Coach Taylor's speech every episode. Mm. So it's just nice to hear, like, oh, yeah, this is what so- a new person reacts to Ollie. They don't roll their eyes. They're like, holy shit, my whole life has changed now. So it's not the words, but it's the, ge- the generic, like, I, 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 I always want to be more like Ollie. So mm-hmm. I'll do this thing, even though the speech was speech was B plus, but I still want to do this oh, thing. It was not a great speech. I've heard better from Ollie. Yeah, uh, it was fun to see someone actually listen to Ollie's speech, though. <laughs> For once. For once, because I've seen so many of his speeches that are like everyone goes, "We're not going to listen to that." How did you guys feel about uh, the the showing of the salmon ladder with Adrian Chase instead of Stephen Amell? See, I mean, that's why the show still has stuff to give. Is like watching Stephen Amell say like. Fuck this guy. He's not that great. Yeah. Like, that's what the show does. Yes. And I could use all so much more salmon ladder in my life. Like, do you think that that was, like, Ollie doesn't do salmon ladder anymore, or Stephen Amell can't do the salmon ladder That's a good anymore? question, and I sort of think the second one. Like, he's like, what, 34? And yeah. that's the oldest age you can but, be? But, I mean, disgusting. he was not so long ago on American Ninja Warrior. I don't, I don't know how well he did. In character? Uh, no, as, he got to use bone arrows. Yeah. He killed so many of the audience members. It was very unfortunate. That's not your competition, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's the, ever done that. He, I'm the ultimate. Yeah, the PAs didn't make them sign the release. The show got into a lot of trouble. He is 38. 30, Ew. That's the grossest age you could be. I, I've, I wonder if... I mean, I mean, I know it's probably mostly the the network is like we're good and then the show also but i also wonder how much of it is Stephen amell going i've done this for eight years i'm 38 we can the we can whole cut it out hugh jackman i haven't had a crouton in 25 years can you yeah. please let me live my life yeah like because uh, Stephen amell is partially just that bod like that is part of it like no one is asking fucking uh What's his face? Uh, the Flash to just like, yeah. No, no one's asking him to have like a full ripped eight pack in every episode. And yet he does it anyway. And yet, all right. Well, this is this gust in. This gust in. This is the final season, and this is the first episode. Are you guys excited? I am so sad? in. I am so, so in. in. Yeah. There's no way okay. I'm missing an episode. Yeah, I I think I might be. And do it, dude. Do it with us. I, I think I might start watching Arrow because I am jazzed up. I've seen just enough that I'm like, okay, I know the general world. I know these characters well enough. Let's get in. Let's watch this thing. Yeah, I, I do think this this pilot of this season is the most of covering the origins. I think from here on out, you're going to also get all the little twists and tricks they're doing with all the characters. And I love how we're all on the same page because Mike has watched every episode. I've seen, seen since season four, and Taylor, you watched that 100th episode. So, like, we know all of the stuff you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Collectively, we are all, like, two full fans of this show. And that makes it the most comic book thing it possibly could be. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Arrow is doing its final season currently on The CW. Watch it as it ramps up towards Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now we're going to move on to The Bull List, the part of the show where we'll talk about every other show that we watched this week. 
Now we're here in the poll list. This is where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, there's a new principal in town. Mad Dog joins the Bulldogs. Reggie gets pissed off at him and also breaks his abusive dad's car. Jughead is going to a private school. Betty is using Kevin as bait to get info on the farm. Veronica is avoiding the paparazzi and doing a performance of All That Jazz. And Cheryl is still hanging out with her brother's corpse. And that's not the main thing the show is focusing on. Taste Buds, I ask you this. When the creators of the show said that the core four were going to be closer together this season, at the beginning of this episode, did you think that that meant sexually? Yeah. It seems like that was where it was going to go. So let's start here, guys. Um, we've been friends for a long time. We've been through our ups and downs. We've all seen each other go through girlfriends and boyfriends and all this stuff. And we've done it all, right? Like, we're party animals. Yeah. How many times have you been in a situation where a couple is not just about to have sex, but they are so locked in that if you break them, they will bite you? And then your only choice is to go one room over and then have sex. That, that is not even how I expected that situation to go. That was a setup for a foursome. <laughs> there, is a, there is an alternate scene. So Riverdale scene. let us down there. I, no, I think that they shot another version of the, <laughs> of the scene where they all have sex together. And then they were like, we'll shoot both and we'll see if, what, what, what the label will get us to do. <laughs> it, I mean, like, Betty, and it's Betty, locks eyes on Jughead. And Veronica's like, well... That's it for this hangout. They're they're about to fucking 69 in front of us. And then Veronica leads Archie into, I guess, 69. I think Archie was disappointed. Archie also thought the four of them were about to get down. He's like, I guess I'll just go with Veronica. All right. Which of the four, which of the core four wants it the most? The force them to happen. It's definitely Archie. I disagree. I think it's Betty. I feel like if it's two, uh, uh, two people and two people and they come together, Archie doesn't understand why it's not a fivesome. Like, he can't do that math. Yeah. I think it's Jug- Jughead is the one who's like, if weird shit happens, we're going to be okay. Like, we'll get over it, and I can write about it. I, you know what? I strongly disagree. I think it is Betty's already into Jughead. She previously had a thing for Archie. And her and Veronica, I feel like there's a lot of energy there. And I think that, I think Betty is the, the most okay with this scenario. Yeah. Okay, fine. You've convinced <laughs> me. Uh, so that is just the first little bit it's like the writers of riverdale heard someone like in a coffee shop you're like riverdale's not even that sexy and they're like i'll show you you motherfucker and that that's how they start this season because we're i will say we are ignoring uh or at least the season is ignoring they're like luke perry died over the summer it's not going to be part of the show you know what i was thinking about just to tie it back to comic books or comic book properties uh annuals yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, comic books will have, like, one monthly issue, and then they'll just throw out, like, an annual one-off. Yeah. So th- this doesn't apply to anything. That's that, what the first episode That's was. what the first episode of the season was. So now we are into the thick of it. Mad Dog is at, at Riverdale High now. We're getting more Mad Dog, which this is the thing that Riverdale writers listen to me on. I was like, give me more Mad Dog, and they have, and I, I appreciate it. So Mad Dog sets up a thing. Reggie it seems concerned. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it's because his position might be taken over as opposed to another black guy and he doesn't like black guys but mad dog approaches him and like what's up with the attitude why are you mad dog and he's like no you're mad dog and then there's this whole thing that like back and forth between them and and that's all that you had to say that's all the thing <laughs> no, that's I have, the thing you wanted to say about that? It, it clearly set up something where there uh, something's going on with reggie and we find out that his dad is beating him yeah and which it, i think we sort of knew last season but we it, probably knew but it was weird because that's awful to see yeah. Even to somebody like Reggie, who sucks. But also refreshing that it's just basic TV drama. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just a normal-ass plot line that's happening. Because that's happening at the same time that, again, Cheryl is keeping her dead brother's <laughs> let's, corpse let's get to Cheryl in, in the a chapel. How do you guys feel they're juggling like very late 90s high school soap opera stuff like Reggie's dad beating the shit out of him with this Bananas Bunkers Riverdaleiness? It, did, like, it, it felt like that, you know, once in a while. We have to include normal-ass teen soap plot lines. It felt like a thing that would have happened in season one of Riverdale before they got, like, fully into the, I don't know, whatever the fuck we want to do this week, we're going to do it. But they Riverdaled it up in two ways. One, uh, Archie figures out what's going on, which is hard for him. And so once he does, he runs in and says, what are you doing, Reggie's dad? What are you, a bear? I'll kill you. Like, (laughs) I'm going to end this right now. He thinks he can solve the broken home that Reggie comes from. And then two, in case that wasn't enough Riverdale, um, they go back to the garage that Reggie's dad stores his car in, and word for word, line by line, read a scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They both have the scripts in their hands. 
Well, I mean, listen, he does that, and I'm pretty sure he quotes part of uh, Goodwill Hunting, doesn't he? Maybe, yeah. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he directly quoted part of Goodwill Hunting in the in the show. He's like, "What are we all? Goodwill Hunting's? Yeah, it's the worst part of the movie. It's it was so like he's seriously. Oh, what do you want? What do you want me to say? My dad beats me. That he put lit cigarettes out on me. He had a Boston accent for that scene. <laughs> it was so." Uh, yeah. All right, but that's and that's it. That I feel like that's what we saw for the season, and that's that plot line. That's probably it. But like halfway through the episode, I was nervous that kids aren't realizing something. And then I think Reggie did at the end. If you were uh, God, sometimes gifts with one hand, so it's just like being hot and buff and tall, not the smart stuff. Um, if you look like Reggie and your dad is a clear two feet shorter than you, yeah, kick the shit out of him. Like, do not take his shit. Don't beat the car up. Beat the dude up. Yeah. And do you think Reggie was hinting at it? He was like, we had words. We talked it out finally. That means he then also treated his dad like he treated his dad's car. As opposed to the dad saying like, well, son, you did my car a good right. job, so I guess we're good now. Now you're a real man. <laughs> he, he walked down and he's like, this is all I've been wanting from you this entire <laughs> time. Welcome, welcome to the family. Welcome to adulthood. Uh, so the, the entire plot line with uh, trying to get access to the farm. How do we feel? Is that is that fun? Or are you excited for uh, armed farmies? <laughs> I, uh, as a comic book reader and shitty TV watcher, I uh, I'm a big proponent of storyline didn't work. Bail. Just get the fuck out. Right. But uh, I I do think this sort of works because of uh, keeping Betty and Kevin's relationship on pins and needles. Yeah. The, I, that is good, and it did feel like Kevin walked in and gave an apology for what the writers did to him. Right. <laughs> he was like, listen, I'm sorry. I just, uh, I haven't really been myself the last year, and uh, I just, I got really messed up. So can we, like, go back to what we used to be before the writers decided I had no backbone? And look, man, I'm a TV watcher. I'm looking for intrigue. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I am not sure uh, if... Like, who was lying to who more between Betty and Kevin? Yeah. The way that this episode bounced back and forth. And that's some of the Riverdale I've been looking for. One thing that I did very much appreciate is that usually Betty is the one who is always right. She is on it. But when Charles was like, you gave the identity of a deep undercover agent to someone who is actively giving information to the people she is undercover with. Why would you do that? That's stupid on Betty. And Charles is right, but Charles is an FBI agent who said, hey, high school girl, I'm going to let you in and be like my partner. So it's on him a little bit, too. Yeah. You're sort of my sister, so I guess you are a junior version of the FBI now. Do you guys recognize Charles? Yes, but I don't know what from what. He, is, he, uh, he runs the satire magazine on Dear White People. Yes. Just like, he's just so white in everything he does. All right, we have to talk about Cheryl right now uh-huh. because we're almost out of time. What the fuck is going on with Cheryl? All right, so Cheryl stepped up, not the actress, the character, came to life and said, hey, guys, hey, writers, you struggled a little bit. I remember what Riverdale's all about. So uh-huh. here's what I'm going to do in this episode. I'm going to have two of the 12 plot lines, and I am going to, one, go against uh, Dean Hess. And I only call him Dean Hess because that's what the character's name was from the OC when the OC God did this way better before. And uh, you say that you're canceling this dance. I'm going to throw this dance, and I'm going to do it better because Cheryl is punk rock and uh, anti-establishment. And in the meantime, folks, I'm going to have my own B-plot line where, like, I'm some sort of Norman Bates. I'm going to keep my corpse brother in a rocking chair and talk to it's, him. It's so weird, and you, I think you put it exactly right, that the keeping the corpse of your brother who has been dead for four years in your basement is Cheryl's B-plot line. Not even the show's B-plot line. This is Cheryl's B-plot line for the episode. She's too much character. She has to have them all. They're like, whatever. This is just happening. Deal with it. And it's not even part of Cheryl's A-plot line. It's its whole B thing because she doesn't just talk to the corpse about the dance, and they're going through their own thing separate from the dance. Oh, guys, this oh, Cheryl is going insane. But we do have to get to moment of the week. Ryan. Okay. Uh, I've got like seven. I'm, gonna go, I'm only going to pick like one or two. Um, the Ferris Bueller thing was fine and felt like sort of organic, uh, when Veronica said, oh, I have an idea. And then it just turned into a Chicago song for yes. with no buildup or reason whatsoever. <laughs> and you know what? A pretty good rendition. Oh no, she's a great singer. Nothing built that up. No, absolutely not. What she said not. was, she was like, I'll give you all, everything what you want at the press conference, 
after a very special number. And that's when they should all have been like, oh, we are abusing a child. Like, there's yeah. no reason to have this kid. She has no idea what to do because she's a child. The most Riverdale line of the episode was uh, where Kevin very deeply apologizes for everything, but mostly dragging Betty by her ankles to get a lobotomy. And he's very sincere about that. But I think the my moment of the week is uh, the kids get in late, and th- this is where we meet Dean Honey, and there's a record scratch. There's like <laughs> wh- that Riverdale has never done anything like that. An actual and, record scratch. And the writers right now are like, "What? what any idea? Let's just fucking do it. <laughs> Why not?" Uh, Mike, moment of the week. Yeah, it's a press conference dance number into like so it's booking. People apparently just said Riverdale wasn't sexy enough, so they're gonna start off with the Billie Eilish fuck foursome, and then be like, "We'll give you this." The whole time I was like, "They're supposed to be in high school. This is insane. This high schooler owns a speakeasy, and now she's doing burlesque on. T- this is awful." Uh, my that was it was a lot. My moment of the week is a much smaller moment, and I don't know why this got me so much. But it's uh, FP shows up to the party to shut it down, and he points at Jughead. He's like, Jughead Jones, you better not be drinking what's in that cup. And Jughead just very slowly pours it out over to the side. It was some good physical acting. Like, he he pulled that off. He really pulled that off. And I think it's the best acting that Cole Sprouse has ever done. Mike, I didn't know know that you watched this beforehand. Are you back, baby? Uh, Maybe. This this hooked me in a little. I, I had time to kill. I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, this show is bananas. Yeah. And Taylor. Yes. Honey, bear, baby doll. Are we back for sure? Oh, baby, we are back in. We are right back in. And if you want to get back in, watch it on The CW on Wednesday nights. It is the best goddamn show. Next up is Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, Donald Logue's Artie tries to redeem himself and explain why he's such a piece of shit. And then he and Dex go stop the bad guy from last week. Meanwhile, there's a new bad guy in town as Gray's former boss and future murderer has returned. Taste buds ask you this. Is Stumptown's free and easy use of realism helping or hurting the show? I, I, at this point, now they've established like their tone and what like the rules of law and physics are in the show. And at this point, I do think it's hurting. At this point, it does feel like we will do whatever makes the writer's job easiest. And uh, there's a point, I think it's probably my moment of the week, where uh, Dex, as if she's some sort of Reggie, uh, destroys Donald Logue's car with a baseball bat. And then the cops come, and he was, and she's like, what? what are you? I was just having a moment. And they're like, Donald Logue's like, no, I called the cops, and you're being arrested. And that should happen more on TV shows. But they let her out immediately because that's what the episode demands. Like, yeah, it's not funny anymore. Sometimes you're not cute anymore. Now you have to pick, like, what sort of show you're going to be, and I think we're too late. I think that they're just not setting up rules, so they're breaking all of them. Yeah, they're, they're picking the easiest way out of every situation, which means there's no like internal consistency on what's going to happen in this episode. Or tension. Like, Donald Log was the bad guy of the last episode. Now he's good. And then when they get surrounded by bad guys, he leaves. And Dex is like, oh, where are you going? And then all of a sudden, at the end, he pounces on the bad guys. Like He's like, oh, I got him from behind. We flanked him. But there was... I was never confused about like, yeah, right. I was never surprised about anything. It's you always assume that they're going to do whatever is going to make sort of sense even if it makes sense for them to do but even if it doesn't make sense in the universe right. which means you don't have any like trust in the writers to give you anything. So episode to episode I don't care and season long I don't care. I already have Weezer. I don't need Stumptown. Yeah. Uh do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, it's um Dex being surprised about the cops being called. You if you're on a TV show, you think that you can just beat the shit out of a car anytime yeah. you want. She's like, what the fuck? Come on. I'm just, this is my yoga. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Uh, next up is... Oh, Stumptown's on ABC. Your next show is Supergirl. This week on Supergirl, Kara, Alex, and Brainiac thwart an alien attack, which is crazy because they never do that. While William investigates Kara, John Jones and Kelly use obsidian tech to solve a problem. Taste buds, I ask you this. What alien from pop culture would you most want to run into? Elf! You hate cats. I think, uh... Every cat I find, I can just throw at him, and he'll eat it in his big nose mouth. What, a uh, Mork for Mork? <laughs> That's more Robin Williams. Yeah. You want more Ro- I feel like we got enough Robin Williams. No, I want to hang out with that that alien. That seems like a good time. Or, uh, maybe, uh, Jeeves from Men in Black. What's the little like... guy who, like, was just on the Flintstones at some point? Oh, yeah, uh, Zazu? The great, that Zazu the great Kazoo, and he was always yeah. like, you're doing your life wrong. That's what I need. <laughs> you yeah. do need that. I thought that's what Taylor did for you. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. 
Uh, Supergirl's the show. It's on the CW on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is Batwoman. This week on Batwoman, Kate's growing suspicions that Beth is Alice drive a wedge between her and Jacob, who firmly believes Beth is dead. While trying to get a knife stolen from Alice tested for DNA, she comes under attack from a group of thugs that manage to steal it back. Kate then asks Sophie to buy her time while she meets with Alice, who refuses to directly admit she is Beth, but agrees to provide a DNA sample. Sophie tells Jacob where to find them, resulting in Alice being transported to Arkham Asylum. Alice then reveals she tasked her boyfriend, former Crows agent Dodson, with killing Mary, prompting Kate to save her before rescuing Alice from a bomb intended to kill her. Kate's stepmother, Catherine, orders the thug she tasked with stealing the knife to destroy it. After interrogating Dodson, Kate finds a parcel containing a live bat and a note from Alice that implies she knows her identity. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Was that too long? Yes. What's going on on this show? I've learned uh, from Taylor and from hanging out with 12-year-old cousins recently that anybody can make anything sound fucking awful if you say every character's name and use that voice. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's what's happening. It was was a fine episode of CW Superhero. It wasn't it wasn't breaking boundaries, but it's not nearly as bad as what the Flash has gotten to. Yeah. Is is uh Ruby Rose getting any better? She's less growly. They're, they're dialing back the Wolverine in her. Yeah. The, the vulnerability is opening up into other characters. She's actually building chemistry with uh Lucas and her and Snow Sophie and she there's too many sister figures yep. in the show. The, but uh, her stepsister. Last week you guys were very complimentary about the like uh, a, like assorted like supporting cast of characters is that still like holding true like are you coming yeah. for the supporting character still yeah yeah i think the supporting characters uh bring it you don't want you don't want any cw show to be a one-hander yeah you want there to be an ensemble to bounce off of so do you think are having now watched the most of the show of anyone uh <laughs> congratulations in the world, in the world. <laughs> Uh, like, do you have confidence that this show by the end of season one is going to be a show that we appreciate and like want no, to watch? No, certainly not. I, I think it's going to be mid-tier CW. It's not going to break any boundaries. The, the most interesting thing right now, if they keep doing it, is Alice as a villain who knows, who sort of knows she's a super villain on a TV show. And she does stuff and is like, this is ridiculous, but not like in a Deadpoolian way. Like she just, she knows she's playing everybody because this is what they expect in Gotham. Yeah. And that's going to keep hooking me. Well, do you have a moment of the week? Uh, the, the conversation between Alice and Ruby uh, on the swing set, they, they, the code was waffles. And that's how she's like, how do you know that they're, they're like Hannibal Lecter, Clarice back and forth, who has the upper hand? Uh, it's clearly Alice the whole time because Ruby Rose, even though she's like a badass Navy SEAL Batwoman, uh, has no poker face, no chill at all. Of course. And for the bad guy to be like, what are you doing? You're revealing everything right now with just your fucking eyebrow twitches. I, I appreciated that. More shows need that. Well, uh, Batwoman is on The CW. Your next show this week is Netflix's Raising Dion. On the second episode of Raising Dion, Nicole's life continues to fall apart as she spends most of the episode either saving Dion or hiding his powers. That she ends up losing another job opportunity, probably then. Then she ends up losing another job opportunity and almost gets busted for stealing candy. And it's not even from a baby. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Did the second episode of Raising Dion do a better job of balancing its double Disney Channel slash Lifetime Movie Network tone? For most of it, Yes. And then for the job interview montage of him fucking that office up while she does a terrible job, she could so easily tell the guy, be like, hey, my kid's being a piece of shit in the other room. I'll be right back. Uh, that was some of the worst. That that did feel like straight up like Corey in the house, whatever Disney Channel <laughs> garbage it was. Xenon, um, girl of the 21st century? But the rest of it, it kind of worked for me. What is the rest of it? What does the rest of it all have in common? Less it, Dion? Is, less Dion. Or are you saying more Dion? I'm asking you what you were saying. What were, like, is it the less that Dion is on camera, the better the show is? No, it's, it's pull these two apart. That, like, the, her trying to deal with him isn't really working, but her dealing with him to everybody else is really working. I guess a theme for this week is what many shows don't do. Uh, she's trying to tell her doctor friend that Dion has superpowers, and normally people would be like, that's crazy. Her doctor friend starts asking, like, is he being abused? Starts calling other adults who know Dion and finding out. That doesn't happen in this kind of show, and that kind of, like, real-world drama. 
really worked while he is like transporting, lifting stuff with his mind. Something occurred to me on this episode. Do you think that they are, that they have stuff to say about what it is like to raise a kid with special needs? But nobody would watch that. So they changed the like born with special needs to superpowers. But it is still like the destructive force of nature to parents' life where like you really do have to give up everything right. in order to and- cater them. And like some evidence is having his foil slash equal be Esperanza. Right. Yeah, I think that's a big hint in what you're saying. And and especially if it's a mental special needs, not physical that I think there is stuff for a while that people do think parents are abusing their kids. If they're like, no, that you just don't see it. Everybody's kind of assuming Michigan J frog syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, no, please believe me. I've never lied to you. And, and added a snag in that is there's so many hints that she was like a crazy partier. Right. In the last two episodes. So, so that's why people aren't trusting her. And at no point she's like, no, I've grown up. She's just like, you gotta believe me. And Michael B. Jordan, like he would do to us all, uh, was the one that settled her down. And now that he's gone, she's probably going to go off again and stop raising Dion. And but that's in the name of the show. How can she stop? You can't. Like when, uh, when the show gets canceled, Seinfeld can't stop being Dumb. Seinfeld. It's in his goddamn name. Another thing that the show I think is doing very well, which surprised me for raising Dion or any of our shows, it kind of is tackling the complexity of boundaries because Jason Ritter's character is going consistently where he is not wanted and explicitly told, don't come, don't help. Mm-hmm. And so that makes him seem like a bad, like just a normal white dude who thinks he can solve everything. It is. Con- also, sorry, go. It is confusing because I am also a very handsome white dude. Uh, I do have an affinity for Jason Ritter, but, um, and he seems to care about Dion and like comic books, but he just keeps not listening to what he is told. Right. But if you're in a situation where you think this kid is in trouble and or being abused, or just that this person is floundering after her husband died, like how, how much do you push against those boundaries of some saying no? And I think the show is saying, I don't know. This is confusing in a way more complex way than I would have given it credit for. My fear is that the show is going to say that Nicole can't handle it and needs Patrick to come in and save it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have uh, moments of the week for this show? Uh, in the very early on, uh, Dion is like trying to practice and use his powers, and he screams, "Squirrel, wait for me!" and chases a squirrel, and that was adorable. <laughs> yeah, it, he's he's like half kid, half dog. Uh, last week, I talked shit on the writers and not the actors, but the writers about are they pushing Esperanza too hard? And I'm just gonna make her my overall moment of the week because she is an adorable treat and awesome on screen. And I'm sorry I said anything I've ever said. <laughs> Uh, Raising Dion is on Netflix. We are watching it week by week. Tune in. You you might have to search for it. It didn't pop up uh, real real high in the algorithm for it's me. It's all porno. Yeah. So watch that show. It's pretty good. Uh, next up is Black Lightning. This week on Black Lightning, with Freeland under occupation, the fierce family gets pulled in different directions. Jefferson and Lynn are at odds with each other again, and Jennifer feels powerless despite having powers. Taste buds ask you this: If you had to bring back powerless or powers, which one do you choose? Fuck you, powerless. It's powerless because it was half as long as powers. Yeah, that's it. it. It's it's half as long, and it had that one episode where Vanessa Hudgens sang uh, "Since Since You've Been been Gone." gone. Yes, and yeah, and that you know what? That was worth it. Powers was a hour long drama, poorly written, poorly directed, poorly acted, about a bunch of people who know that they cannot sing "Since You've Been Gone" and they're just sad about it. I don't want to watch that. Don't don't watch that. Black Lightning is on the CW. Your next show this week is The Walking Dead. This week on The Walking Dead, a whisperer attacks Alpha for making her abandon her child, but her sister Gamma kills her and gains Alpha's respect. Beta discovers a shrine that Alpha has dedicated to Lydia, where Alpha reveals that she lied to the whisperers about killing her daughter. Alpha destroys the shrine to prove that Lydia is quote-unquote dead to her now. Beta informs Alpha of the satellite crash, leading Alpha to return to the border to investigate. She spots Carol from a distance, just like we saw in the last episode. Flashbacks detail how Alpha met Beta and formed the basis for the Whisperers. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How do you feel about a show coming in episode two, just rehashing what happened in episode one, but from a different perspective? Classic Walking Dead. I'm not surprised at all. That's what they do. This, How can we spin our wheels? Here. I, I praised the first episode of the season for, for doing 
all of this in one episode. For Paola. Yeah. You are clearly on the take from AMC and Robert Kirkman. Listen, their AMC money spins just as well as everyone else's, and they have a lot of it. But I I praised the the first episode of the season because specifically because they did all of this stuff in one episode. They were like, "All right, here's what's happening. Here's how ev- here's where everyone is." And then to go the next episode and do an entire episode on just what the whisperers are doing during this period. I feel like I would have preferred, much preferred if you did the whispers in with everyone else and did this whole episode on like what's Michonne doing or what's like another character that I care about doing. I saw a couple of articles on Deadline or whatever, the internet this week, and one was about, like, where they are, what issue they're on, yeah. if you compare it to the comic book, and, like, there's not a lot of comic book issues left. Yeah. Like, they do not have a lot of stuff. They're running out. And the AMC guy was like, oh, we think that we can go on forever. Like, Robert Kirkman set us up nicely, so we can just do whatever we want. And then the other article was, uh, yet again... The Walking Dead premiere and second episode have record lows of ratings. That they do have record low viewer ratings, but their like critical ratings and like the reviews of are the also record low. No, they are significantly better by like twenty five percent, which is a pretty big amount in a one to ten scale than when they were doing the Negan storylines. The show is a lot better. It's not great, but it is a lot better. The Walking Dead is on it, AMC on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is Titans. On this week's episode of Titans, we meet Connor, a.k.a. the boy who will be super. Waking up in a lab, he is told that he was created by splicing together Superman's DNA with Lex Luthor's, because why not? That's the bad news. The good news is he has a dog named Crypto. After being told that he should keep his powers a secret in order to not be busted by the bad guys, he immediately flies out of the lab and up into the air to catch Jason Todd who is falling from a nearby building. That's the bad news. The good news is that he is shot by Krypton bullets. So maybe they all die. Taste buds, I ask you this. If your dog was named by dropping the last letter of the thing that would kill you, what would your dog's name be? Uh, probably Arsony. Because you're going to get killed by Arsenic? Yeah. Okay. Or Arsenio Hall. I, have, I haven't figured out yet. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those two. I've narrowed it down. Drop, drop the last letter and the last name. Yeah. Arsony. Heart attacks? Because <laughs> of how fat you are? Yeah, it's, it's going to be my arteries. Once again, French fries, not a vegetable, Mike. It's, They're potatoes. It, they grow in the ground. That, that's actually a root vegetable. It's a starch. I'm uh, going to say aid. <laughs> of course, because lemonade is going to kill you, and you <laughs> dropped off the beginning. Drop the lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the lemon. Uh, Titans is on DC Universe. We'll find out uh, eventually if Jason Todd lived or died. They did not solve it. Like We still don't know. With who knows? Uh, your next show this week and final show this week is The Flash. Faced with the news of his impending death, because that's what the CW is doing with their big two this year, Bayer's resiliency suffers as he struggles to fight fate. Cecile's career as a DA conflicts with her identity when she crosses path with a villainous metahuman. Both of those are equally problematic. Taste Buds ask you this. What would you do if you knew you were going to die in two months? Probably eat chicken more. <laughs> Man, you're a wild animal. I just, I like chicken, and I feel like I don't eat it enough. Because, Taylor, you're a beef pork vegan. Yeah. You, you only eat vegetables <laughs> unless it's beef or pork. Yeah. Cut it all much. out, just chicken from here on out. Just chicken. I'm just going to get it. It's, it. Listen, it's high in calories, uh, high in protein. It gives you that muscle mass. I'm trying to bulk up. But what about the whole thing that when you're cooking it, if you touch it, your hands become, like, dangerous to everything? Mm-hmm. Like, what about that disease that all raw chicken has? Oh, uh, chicken disease? Mm-hmm. The chicken disease. Chicken pox? It's the opposite of what salmon has. Salmon has chickenella. Which makes you stronger. Uh-huh. That, that's you good for you. That, that's a vitamin that you take all the time. Are I think that ha- if I only had two months that? to live, I would uh, just binge the flash. It sounds very good. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it sounds, sounds great. so good this week. It sounds very good, and it is also on the CW. That is it. Those are our shows for the week. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Watchmen. Also, is it the biggest, best show of all time? It, I think it might be. Also, Daybreak is premiering. Which is this is a, a show sh- that we've heard of? It's a show that's happening. Also, we're we doing... We just learn about this yesterday? Yeah. Also, we're doing some fan emails, which is a heavily requested segment to return, and you guys have flooded our inbox, so we're doing it again. They're not emailing us emails. They're just emailing us, please do that segment again. That's yeah. hard, guys. <laughs> Uh, if you like this show, go to yourpopfilter.com or yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon if you want to shop for things and help us out. 
Also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Can I do one? Yeah, do it. What, what do you want? Nope. Okay, so Twitter is at yourpopfilter and Instagram is at yourpopfilter. You can email us if you want to be on the fan email segment. You can email us at contact at yourpopfilter.com. Stop saying do more email segments. Send us emails, please. Yeah, send us actual emails. And if you want to phone call us, that's 1562-DR-DJ-POP. That's 1562-DR-DJ-POP. <laughs> yeah, they know the number now. They know the number. Yeah. 1-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2. Tune in next week where we're going to talk about all of those very exciting topics. In the meantime, for Ryan, I'm Mike. For Mike, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Greg. For Greg, we are Superboy, whose dog is named Crypto. And we are the world, baby. Oh, I'm a daytime shot jock. And I'm ready to be the wolf. You're not the wolf yet, but you are ready to be. I am, and I'm ready to be the wolf. Hot like a thorn, touching my fires, eating the carpet on the way, shoving up tubes, eating some loots. The best thing, Mike, is to not make eye contact. Killing the goldfish on my way. Here I am. Here I am to worship. Down on my knees and pray to you, Lord. Sing to me. Even flow. Baby, baby, baby. Ooh, that's the way I like your loving. Uh, earlier tonight, uh, Taylor, you were like, well, that gives me pause. And I, w- I didn't say, uh, what does that for me is like a full moon. Like, Ryan, you win best friend of Superhero Hour. <laughs> Earlier tonight, Taylor, you said that your name was Pearl. Yeah. And then you said you were going to go jam and then sing a Pearl Jam song. Yeah, so yeah, who yeah. who's more wrong right now? I don't know. I think the American people. The electorate isn't paying as much attention to the upcoming uh, election as they should. And the electorate bank? Like, what is that? What are we doing there? Yeah, or the sperm bank? What's going on, guys? What, like, what's, so salty. what's going on in there? You need to, like, uh, three stars on Yelp. The you, service is terrible. Like, we're all saying, you need to so much, we need to have a you need to convention. All right, well, that's it. <laughs>